just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. We're headed into another week. Sunday night we had the Super Bowl, of course. Hopefully you all had a good time, whether you went to parties or stayed home alone, whatever it is you did. If you enjoyed the football game and the halftime, great. It's nice to have something to sit back and look forward to and watch. Now, when my kids were younger, I have two sons, It wasn't unusual if there was some kind of big game, whether for the Vikings or a Super Bowl, the four of us would get together and we'd sit and watch the game, have meat and cheese trays and pizza and potato chips and that kind of stuff. Nothing elaborate, just the four of us. And it always went pretty well. We always were pretty much uh, rooting for the same team and it was fun. Well, now my kids are grown up. They've got other things to do. But on this particular Super Bowl... I got my sons back to the condo here, and the four of us kind of hung out and watched the game, which was great. We don't get much chance to do that anymore. But there was one wild card in this uh, little party. You see, my oldest son brought our granddaughter, our little 22-month-old granddaughter. And I got to tell you, this little girl is a pistol. She's always moving. (laughs) She's funny. She's smart. And she's constantly moving. And she's a little bossy, even at 22 months. But I got to tell you, I love this kid. I love the fact that he's, she's independent. I love the fact that she's bold. And uh, it's going to serve her well as she gets older. Now, it's going to drive her mom and dad fucking nuts uh, for the next 20 years. But I think she's an awesome kid. And uh, we were watching... Her put on a show for three hours, more than we were watching the football game. Uh, but <laughs> she was pretty entertaining. And any time I can spend time with my granddaughter, I am excited. And we had a great time. So hopefully you had a great time. We had a great time. Now it's time to get back into the news. And you know what? I'm, I'm looking at what's happening here. Now, you'll recall I've told you a while back that uh, now that we're in 2022 headed toward the midterms in November, you can expect to see information, evidence, bad news for Donald Trump coming out about every day. You've got the House Select Committee. You've got the investigation in Georgia. You've got the investigations in New York. Every day something's going to come out. And I think that's all by design. You know how people are when they forget scandals and those sorts of things? So Democrats have to keep this in the forefront of people's minds. If you blew your wad now and told everybody everything, by the time November came along, they'd be distracted by something else and none of this would matter. So there's a slow build to this. That coupled with the fact with when you're dealing with the legal system, every t- everything takes a long time. And even even if it takes a long time, as long as you see some progress, it's all right. But inevitably, and I've bitched about this a lot, I'm going to bitch about it again. Inevitably, on my TikToks, the commenters, or even with the podcast here from time to time, 
I will get people saying to me, oh, nothing's ever going to happen to them. They always get away free and clear. Donald Trump will never have any problems. Let me explain something to you. Donald Trump's got all kinds of problems now. And we had three things come up yesterday that show us to be maybe turning a corner here when things are starting to go to shit and problematic for Donald Trump. And here's what you need to understand. When the shit starts coming down, it's going to be a landslide. It's maybe taking a long time to get there, but once we are there, it's going to come down like nobody's business. And a few things happened yesterday that I wanted to talk about. Now, the Trump Organization's accounting firm, Mazers, Now, Mazers is a huge accounting firm, and they've been with the Trumps for a long, long time. They've represented and done Donald Trump's and his organization's taxes and all his accounting for his businesses. But guess what? Today, yesterday, actually, Mazers said, uh, look, Donnie, uh, we don't really like you like that anymore. So we're dropping you as a client. They're dropping them. Mr. Billionaire's accounting company is dropping him. That's an unusual occurrence. That doesn't happen. you got a guy with a lot of money, a successful business. Accounting firms are fighting to work for these kinds of people. But this particular accounting company is pretty much hatted with Donald Trump. And he said, then they said, look, we're not working with you anymore. And then they added something else that is really interesting and unprecedented. They said that uh, the 10 years of financial statements between 2011 and 2020 that they've prepared and the taxes and all that sort of stuff, uh, well, they're unreliable now, meaning they're probably wrong. 10 years of financial statements and taxes are now unreliable, according to the accounting company that put them to fucking gather. <clears throat> now, why would they do that? Well, they know with all the investigations and they're hearing the rumblings that there's a lot of potential tax crimes that Donald Trump has committed. And because they did his taxes, they're kind of culpable too. I mean, I'm willing to bet Donald Trump was maybe up front with these accountants and said, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And because he was a big client, the accounting firm of Mazers said, yeah, okay, we'll just do this. We're big shots. We can get away with this. But now they're not getting away with it. All of this is being exposed. And here's the most interesting thing. I heard that news first and I thought, well, that's fucked up. Donnie's in trouble. And then I also heard it was interesting timing for Mazers to do this. You see, Donald Trump and Melania's taxes are due to be sent in today. Today. I mean, fucking today. Because um, he's extended uh, his, his income tax like we tend to do occasionally uh, with the IRS. But he's extended it. And now today is a deadline for him to get these things in. 
And apparently there's been an issue with uh, Donald Trump and a particular hotel that he owns. I believe it's in New York. And, uh, you know, we talked about all the things that he did. He'd undervalue hotels and then he'd overvalue them, depending on what was beneficial to the circumstances he was in. He'd overvalue them for banking and insurance and undervalue them for taxes. They are looking into this. They've been looking into it for several months now, and clearly it's a problem. Michael Cohen, his former lawyer, said that he did this well before the investigations. And there's apparently a lot of evidence in that. Well, now after doing the accounting, that means Mazers had to create some taxes, tax returns, that maybe were not right. And maybe they knew about it, or maybe they didn't. So Mazers has got a problem here. They may be culpable for some of these crimes when it comes to pass, but they decided, look, I don't know what's going to come out of that for us, but we're going to separate ourselves from Donald Trump, and that's what they did today. And it's interesting, they did it the day before Donald Trump's and Melania's taxes were due. Apparently, they had been asking for information and documents and such from this particular hotel. Now, as I said, they overvalue and undervalue properties to get whatever benefit they want, and that's highly illegal. But apparently they were using this hotel, too, to house Trump employees. What they would do is they'd give them these places to live. They wouldn't charge them for them. And they would make it look like a loss. Um, And the fact of the matter is they would give it to these employees as a perk. But the fact of the matter is for as much money as that may be worth, These people should have claimed it on taxes, and so should have Donald Trump. So that didn't happen. The employees would go stay in the hotel, live there rent-free. That would be part of their compensation as working for Donald Trump. But the thing is, nobody's paying taxes on it, and it is most definitely an income. So now we're looking at tax evasion, not only for Donald Trump, but for the people who accepted these perks and didn't pay taxes on them. I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump instructed them not to pay taxes because it didn't want it to raise above the radar because then it would come back on him. So now they're digging into this, and Mazers, the accounting firm, is nervous, and they should be nervous because now what they're finding out is, well, the jig's up. People have found out about this. People are looking at all the evidence and the documents, and they have them now. They can look at them, cross-check them, backtrack on them, and find out exactly what happened. Donald Trump clearly was involved in tax evasion, tax fraud, banking fraud, insurance fraud. And that's all going to come to bear in the 10 years Uh, from 2011 to 2020, on his tax returns. You know, we've always been waiting to hear about these tax returns. And we don't know what's in these tax returns. But now we're hearing from the very company, the very accounting firm that filled out and uh, produced these tax returns, 
for Donald Trump, they're saying, yeah, you know, I don't think any of these are right. Because what they're finding out now is that Donald Trump supplied them with bad information. They used that bad information. They didn't question it. So now they filled out and created these tax returns that are completely fraudulent. You can see how this might back up in the face of this uh, accounting firm as much as it will Donald Trump. See, now what Donald Trump will do, as we know him to do it, if they come at him about these tax returns being fraudulent, he'll say, well, I just gave it to my accountant. I didn't know what they were doing. And the accounting firm knows that, so they got to protect themselves. This is going to be a battle between the accounting firm and Donald Trump. Now, here's another problem. Of course, the accounting firm backed off on him, dropped him yesterday. Today, he needs to put in his taxes. Who is he going to get to do that? Uh, nobody fast enough to do something complex like that and get it done today. So now Donald Trump's fucking more trouble with the IRS. And here's another thing. I heard somebody say this, and I'm not sure if it's really a thing. I mean, I'm sure it's true. I just don't think it matters in this case. People have said that when this happens, accounting firm abandons a client. There are very few, if any, accounting firms that will take them on again. I mean, you got to think about the whole scenario here. Their accounting firm of decades said, yeah, we don't want to work with them anymore because there's some shady shit going on there. Then you throw into the fact that we already know that the Trump organization has been indicted. The CFO has been indicted. This is a fucking disaster, a mess waiting to happen. There is going to be no accounting firm that wants to take this on. He's not going to have the ability to have an accounting firm handle his business. And clearly, Donald Trump isn't smart enough to handle his fucking business. Here's another thing that's going to happen. Because of all of this going on, if he needs to refinance a property or something like that, nobody is going to loan him money. And this is what I mean. I don't know that that's a big deal because because nobody was loaning him money in the first place. The only bank that was loaning him money was Deutsche Bank overseas. But we know that they've run into some problems because of their dealings with Donald Trump, and they're under investigations, and they've said we're not dealing with Donald Trump. So Donald Trump as a businessman has essentially been neutered. He has no accounting firm. No one will give him money except the trump who will he'll grift all day, every day, until they can't afford it anymore. And I got to think these people are getting tired of doling out money and not getting anything in return. I'd like to give them enough credit for that much intelligence. I don't know that I can, but I would like to hope that they're smart enough. So all of the people out there that continually say, oh, nothing's happening to Donald Trump, nothing's happening to Donald Trump, these people think that the only thing that could happen is that he would be in cuffs, he would be indicted, he would be prosecuted, and he would be convicted and jailed. That's the only thing that they will be happy with. Now, that might occur, but to suggest nothing is happening to Donald Trump is absolutely fucking ridiculous. His company's under indictment. That's pretty much a death knell for any company. His CFO is... um, 
is uh, under investigation and indictment for fraud as a CFO of the Trump organization. Now we got the problems with all these tax issues, all these uh, accounting documents that the accounting firm has said, fuck, we want nothing to do with you. Donald Trump is is in some deep trouble financially. When the Trump LaFucks stop giving him money, he's got nowhere, zero places to turn. He can't continue to run a business. In fact, the business he's running is so lame and so weak right now, he's losing money. He's hemorrhaging money. So to say nothing is happening to Donald Trump is kind of not true. A lot is happening to Donald Trump, or should I say, he's going through some shit. You may not see it because he's not on Twitter about it, but when you do see him uh, send out a press release or whatever he does, you can see he's failing. I mean, what is he doing now? Now he's going back to how Hillary Clinton and uh, the Democrats spied on him in 2016. Well, even if it's true, who cares? That's minimal. You could prosecute people for that, but that's not anything at all. And that doesn't change all the crimes that Donald Trump committed from 2016 to current times. Because, you see, he's still committing crimes. So this is going to be interesting for Donald Trump. Now, here's the thing. That's not the only thing that happened yesterday. That's pretty big. But now it also looks like that Rudy Giuliani is going to freely and openly testify in front of the House Select Committee. Now, you remember he was subpoenaed, and he was saying, I'll never talk, I'll never talk. But he's seeing what's going on. He's seeing Donald Trump going down the tubes very quickly. He's also seeing Donald Trump doing absolutely nothing for him, not a fucking thing. He also has run out of money. Now, if he wants to fight a subpoena, that's going to be expensive. But he's got other issues to attend to, like the, like the uh, lawsuit with Dominion, where they want $1.7 billion, which will most certainly completely break Rudy Giuliani. He tried to get them to dismiss it because it was ridiculous, and the judge said, nope, we're going forward, because this is a legitimate claim. He's got other, uh, other lawsuits. He's under investigation, may very well be indicted. He's got a mess to deal with, and he's got really no place to go. So I'm sure he's hoping to work out some kind of deal to take some of this pressure off of him. He's an older guy. He's now broke, and he's got the world coming down on him with uh, lawsuits and potential indictments. This fucker's life is essentially over, and it was once a very... um, very successful career, a wonderful legacy, but that's gone. All we think of uh, Rudy Giuliani is a, a crazy fuck, a nutcase, a loser, a liar, a cheat, a thief, someone who's trying to undermine this country. That's what we know Rudy Giuliani to be. So now he's at a point where he's got to do something. Because whatever he's been doing has not been working. So now he's going to testify in front of the House Select Committee. I don't even know if that's going to do him any good, but 
Even if it doesn't, he certainly couldn't afford to mount another lawsuit for the subpoena. He simply has to act, or he could be possibly uh, referred to the DOJ for criminal contempt of Congress and may ultimately go on trial and go to jail. So he's really stuck. Rudy Giuliani has nothing he can do except testify and maybe blow his wad against Donald Trump because that's all he's got left. That's bad news number two because, you know, Rudy Giuliani was as close to Donald Trump as anybody throughout his presidential uh, term and also during the point where they were trying to uh, create the coup or the insurrection. He was in the thick of it with a few other people. So he's got a lot he can bring to light that will bring Donald Trump down. And uh, Donald Trump can't be feeling too happy about that. But that wasn't it. That wasn't all there was. Because, you see, there's another guy. He was a Trump lawyer. You may have heard of him. Uh, John Eastman. Now, this guy is a lawyer, kind of a shady lawyer, because that's all the kind of lawyers that Donald Trump can get at this point. And this is the guy who wrote the strategy for the insurrection. He was the architect for the coup. He was a lawyer, so he wrote it all out, and they kind of worked from that. So if anybody knows about the insurrection or about this coup attempt, it's this fucking clown. What he's done now as released... 8,000 emails to the House Select Committee. And you remember how much information was gotten by the House Select Committee when Mark Meadows released those documents that they he passed along. Still don't know why he did that if he's continuing to refuse to talk, but he did, and there was a lot of valuable information there. Now, John Eastman released 8,000 Emails, But there's another 11,000 emails. And they'll tell you he's holding them back, and, and technically he is. But what he's making them do is go through the legal process and um, forcing that to delay time or hopefully get out of it. But he won't because he's talking about presidential privilege and executive privilege. And unfortunately, Donald Trump's taken it all the way to the Supreme Court And uh, the Supreme Court has said, yeah, Don, you don't have executive privilege. You're not the sitting president. So whatever he's arguing in this complaint to hold back the remaining 11,000 emails, he's going to lose. And what we've seen so far with him and like with Donald Trump, the speed at which these courts are acting is kind of unprecedented. Usually it takes months and years to get through this shit, but not for Donald Trump. And not for John Eastman. It's been going pretty quickly here. So in the next few weeks, there's an excellent chance he'll be forced to release the remaining 11,000 emails. Can you imagine how much information and documents that the House Select Committee has now? It's got to be in the tens, if not hundreds of thousands of documents. And all of these tell a story. And all of these support the claims of the crimes that Donald Trump committed. So his accounting firm dumps him and says, yeah, those last 10 years of of documents for his finances, yeah, you can't trust them. They're probably all wrong. 
Rudy Giuliani says, I'm going to testify willingly and openly in front of the House Select Committee. And now John Eastman, the architect of this coup, is now turning over his emails. And this is just a small part of what's going on and hanging over Donald Trump's head. But that's what happened yesterday. So I'm seeing kind of a turning point. The avalanche is starting. And once it starts, it's going to go and go and go, and Donald Trump will be buried when it's all said and done. If your hopes and dreams are that he's cuffed and put in jail, join the crowd. We'd all like to see that. But to suggest nothing is happening to Donald Trump is absolutely ridiculous because a lot of shit is happening to Donald Trump. You don't see him every day, but he's taking some hits. And it's not going well. And you can see it in his responses in the news. You can see it with uh, Donald Trump Jr. screaming and yelling in his coked-up state. And now even Eric Trump is going after is going after uh, um, Attorney General Letitia James from New York. She's the one that's behind a lot of the stuff that's going on against the Trumps. And the only thing they can do is try to uh, discredit her, go after her, try to sue her. None of that will work. They don't have good enough lawyers to even try something like that. Letitia James is too smart and too professional. They're not going to win against Letitia James. And I just heard about one other thing that's happening, something you probably forgot about. Remember about the inauguration. There was a lot of problems with misappropriations of funds, campaign funds, that they used it to enrich themselves, to make money for themselves. Keep in mind, Ivanka Trump was the one in charge of that, but Donald Trump is tied to that. What they're doing is taking that whole investigation and rolling it into the investigation Letitia James already has with the financial issues with the Trump Organization. So that means that inauguration thing, while it's been kind of sitting idle for a while, is now going to pick up steam, too. Over and above all the things that Letitia James has, they're going to throw in this inauguration problem with the misappropriation of funds. It's coming down on Donald Trump right now. You may not see it because you don't see him every day, but do not tell me nothing's happening to Donald Trump. His life is being destroyed. His business is being destroyed. And when it's all said and done, he will be left with nothing. That's the very least that's going to happen to him. He still will probably be indicted for some things. He may even be convicted. So just wait and see, but don't suggest we're all sitting here idly and nothing's happening because a lot of shit is happening. And I would not want to be Donald Trump at this point. All right, let's take a break and uh, we will be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So do you remember Sarah Palin? She was the vice presidential candidate for with John McCain to go up against Obama. 
And thankfully, as much as I respect John McCain, I'm glad Obama won for any number of reasons, mostly because they picked Sarah Palin to be the vice president. And she was as incompetent as any of these politicians we're seeing today. Um, But the interesting thing is um, she tries to keep her name in the press, tries to keep her notoriety up and working. And there was a situation where the New York Times did a story on her, and they put a link in there to some map that was wrong. New York Times was wrong. And then they corrected it a short time later and said, yeah, we were wrong. This is what we've done to fix it. Well, Sarah Palin decided, I'm going to sue the New York Times. Good idea, Sarah. You got no money, and the New York Times has got all kinds of money. But she went forward with this lawsuit expecting that she would win, get all kinds of money, not to mention all the notoriety. Well, that has come to an end now because the judge in this lawsuit, Sarah Palin, against uh, the New York Times, the judge said, yeah, there's nothing here. You didn't make any points. You didn't prove any element that you needed to prove to get this lawsuit to go forward. So it was dismissed. So Sarah Palin is back to where she was. She's a nobody. She's a loser. She was governor of California, or not California, governor of Alaska for a time, but she's not now. She's doing reality shows and talk shows and that sort of thing, showing up on Fox News. But she hasn't done anything of any importance since she ran for vice president with John McCain. And that's quite a while now. We're talking like, what? either 8 or 12 years. Yeah, she hasn't done much. And it's not surprising because she's not very bright. Uh, The only reason the Republicans wanted her to run is because she had the right look and she was willing to say just about anything. Now, some people have pointed something out, and I I think they may be onto something here. All of us sit and wonder when this massive switchover with the Republican Party happened where they're all about conspiracy theories and they're all about just stupid shit. I mean, the Republican Party, whether you like them or not, at least they were legitimate. They had some credibility for a time. You had more Adam Kinzinger's and Liz Cheney than anybody else. You had some crazies, just like the Democrats do. But now it seems like the Republican Party is all fucking crazy conspiracy theorists and uh, they aren't even a legitimate party anymore. And some people I've seen have suggested that turn happened when Sarah Palin was nominated as vice president, vice presidential candidate under John McCain. And that kind of makes sense. She was the first of these crazy dumb fucks to be running for office. Now, fortunately, she never made it into office, so she couldn't do any damage. But the Republicans watched her and saw how much attention she got and how she was able to do fundraising and maybe even get some votes. Not enough to beat Obama, but she got a fair amount of votes and she was popular. So apparently the Republicans said that and thought, well, if she's popular, maybe if we do it a hundred times as much, 
will be really popular. And that was probably the turn for the Republican Party. At that point, they changed their perspective, they changed their agenda, and they changed their plan. Now, let's be honest, they don't really have any plans. And this is one of the arguments people have with the Republicans. They have no platform. They have no policies that they're working on. I mean, think about it. All through the Trump administration, or all through the uh, uh, Obama administration and the Trump administration, they didn't do anything. They're supposed to be serving the public, but they did nothing except that ridiculous tax break that they gave the rich. But that's all they did. Their only goal, their only reason for existing is to push back against the Democrats, try to obstruct the Democrats. And a lot of people think it all started with Sarah Palin. And I don't know if that's true, but uh, it seems like it possibly could be the truth. She was the first. She was Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene before Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene were ever in office. She probably wasn't as dumb as as uh, Bobert or Green, but she was pretty dumb. You remember <laughs> her interviews with Katie Couric and Katie Couric making her look stupid, and she just stood there like a deer in the headlights and didn't know what to fucking say. She was a joke, and frankly, putting her as vice president with John McCain was a huge disservice to John McCain, and uh, in fact. I'd I'd read some stories that John McCain felt the same way. They were telling John McCain, if we want to beat Obama, we have to have a popular vice president. This girl looks good. She's saying the right shit. She can get us votes. So McCain was essentially forced into taking her on as a vice presidential nominee. And the thing about it is, John McCain was a smart man. He was conservative, but he was a smart guy. And He had to look at this as absolutely ridiculous, but he wanted to be president, and he was willing to do whatever he thought it took to become president. And at that time, they thought having Sarah Palin as the vice president would be the ticket. Turns out John McCain was right. Fucking Republicans were wrong. And uh, Sarah Palin is a fucking idiot. So she lost her case to the New York Times. She was going to be a big shot, win all kinds of money for a defamation suit. And the judge said, fuck no, you haven't proved shit. This isn't even worth going forward with. So get the fuck out of here. It'll be interesting to see what Sarah Palin says. But let's be honest, whatever Sarah Palin says or does is inconsequential at this point. We have bigger issues to tend to. She has no power. She has no standing. And she has no uh, reputation. Everybody knows she's stupid. And I saw some pictures recently. The one thing she could rely on is her looks, and those are starting to fade now, too. So don't expect Sarah Palin to pop in anywhere soon because she's got nothing to base any hopes of winning any election. She's not going to. But you can blame her for the Lauren Boberts, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, and all these other fucking conspiracy theorist idiots that we are currently dealing with in Congress and former members of the White House. Now, we have just heard that the investigation and lawsuit uh, of uh, they're going after the misappropriations of the campaign funds 
during the 2016 inauguration. I just mentioned that a bit ago, and I want to just reiterate that because I didn't give it a mu- uh, enough time. Um, you, you probably remember them talking about how they, the Trump administration insisted it was the biggest inauguration in history, which it was not. They brought people in. They put them up in hotels. They charged them three times the price of the hotels. They put in people in uh, government in these hotels, charged them ridiculous amounts. And, in fact, Donald Trump did that all throughout his administration. He kept going to all his own properties, putting up Secret Service and other people from from government in these um, hotel rooms that were tripled, quadrupled in price, and then made the government pay for it. There are some Trumplicans who say, what's wrong with that? He's just making money. Well, here's the fucking deal, idiot. He's going to his own properties. Now, keep in mind, there is a law and there is a rule that presidents should not make money off of their position, off of their office. But Donald Trump did disregarded that. So he went to all his properties charged the government an exorbitant amount every time he did, and he was going like every fucking week. So he made a lot of money off the government because he was president. They just signed off on it. And so um, when they got to the inauguration, Donald Trump put Ivanka Trump in charge of it, I believe. And she's under investigation because there's a lot of misappropriations or misuse of funds Um, spending way too much money and making too much money for the Trump organization and or family. So she's got some heat on her, too. And as I said in the previous story, what's interesting about this, we hadn't heard about it for a long time. It just been out there. We'd heard about it, but it's like everything with Donald Trump. You hear this scandal or this problem or this lawsuit or whatever it is, but then nine other things happen and you forget about this one. Well, this one's kind of important, too. And as I said in the earlier story, what they've done is they've rolled that investigation into Letitia James' investigation with all the other financial crimes with the uh, company in New York. So we know how fast things are going with Letitia James. We're getting more and more information out of it. Now they're going to take this seemingly dead investigation and throw it in Letitia James' uh, inbox, and uh, that's going to get heated up as well. You see, what's happening here is they're going to overwhelm Donald Trump with all different kinds of investigations, potentially indictments, lawsuits. It's going to be impossible. It already is impossible for him to deal with this situation. I'm sure he is squirming. It's just going to be interesting to see how he reacts to these things. We know that Eric Trump, as I mentioned earlier, is going after Letitia James. Oh, she's, he's going to take her to court. You know, it's the funny thing is they keep saying, well, Letitia James is incredible because she campaigned on going after Donald Trump. Well, that's not the case. If you look at the campaign, that wasn't at all what happened. But when she got into office and saw the kinds of things that Donald Trump was doing, well, she got angry. It's illegal. Her job is to go after people doing criminal activity, and that's what she's done. But that's really all they've got. They're going to go after Letitia James' credibility. And i got to be honest with you, if Eric Trump has taken the lead on this, 
you're in fucking deep trouble because he's not the brightest man in the uh, uh, in the world at this point. Now Don Jr. is pretty much dumber, so they don't put him in it. But uh, Eric doesn't look quite as dumb as Don Jr., so that's probably why he's leading the charge. But just like every other charge, every other claim, every other threat that they've given, it goes nowhere. Nothing gets done because it's all bullshit, and uh, it's just a way to waste time or divert attention. But there's too much shit happening right now, and they aren't going to be able to do it very long. Now, there's been some uh, talk about this Canadian blockade. You know, the trucks coming from Canada that have decided to block the entries into America to protest the mask and the vaccination mandates. Oh, they're upset about it. And they're blocking the uh, bridges and entrances into uh, into America, which is causing all kinds of problems with the supply chain and other things. And I think I've said this before. I'll say it again. The interesting thing about these people doing the blockade, they're against the vaccination mandate, the masking mandate. But here's the interesting thing. There's a uh, a fact going around that says 85% of those truck drivers that are coming across the border simply to do their job are in fact vaccinated. So essentially what's happening here is you've got 15% of the people blocking these roads coming into America. Now, of course, they're open now. Justin Trudeau, the president of or the prime minister of Canada, is taking measures to get them cleared off. And I think most of them are cleared off now, uh, which is good. And the unfortunate thing uh, about this is the only thing they accomplished, the mandates are still there. They didn't fix that. All they did is cost companies in America and Canada, uh, individuals in America and Canada, they caused them a lot of stress and a lot of fucking money. But that's what these people do. They don't care if they hurt other people as long as they can push along their agenda. Well, unfortunately, and is so often the case, What they did had no effect on pushing forward on their agenda. They were complete and utter fucking failures. Now, apparently, there is still um, a lot of talk, uh, maybe a lot of uh, excitement about more blockades. And as I mentioned yesterday, our own Rand Paul from Kentucky said he hopes that there are blockades in America. Hope we jam up all the cities in America. And uh, that's the kind of guy he is. This whole thing was pointless coming out of Canada. It's over now because they really had no idea where to go. It's kind of like the insurrectionists. When they charged the Capitol and got into the Capitol, they had no idea what the fuck they're going to do. It's like the dog chasing the car. Okay, dog, what happens when you catch the car? What are you going to do? Same thing with the insurrectionists. Same thing with these people in this blockade. They got there. They created the chaos and caused people to be upset. They caused companies and individuals to lose tons and tons of money. They threw a little hitch into the supply chain while this was going on. But they didn't accomplish anything. That's the unfortunate thing. These Republicans or these ultra-right people are all about chaos and disruption. 
but they don't come to any resolutions. Even the resolutions they think they're going to get, they can't even get those. And then we're finding out about uh, something that, uh, I think it was Tyler who wrote the email yesterday on yesterday's show that said um, it was interesting how these uh, these blockade people had a GoFundMe, got $10 million in a country that has 35 million people, the entire country. So it seemed unlikely. So we know what's happening. We know people in the United States are sending money and trying to foment all this chaos up on the border just to prove they were right. But again, they failed. They fucking failed miserably. And so the blockade up in Canada is over. Rand Paul would like to see it go on and become rampant throughout the country of America. I doubt that's going to happen. These people are gutless. They're cowards. And if they try to do something like this in this country, I think the response is going to be kind of ugly. And they don't have the courage for that kind of thing. They don't have the convictions that uh, some other people do. And I don't think you'll get them involved in much of anything. I want to talk about Joe Biden a little bit. Joe Biden's taking a little heat, and frankly, I think he's deserving of it. We go back to this whole Afghanistan pullout. Joe Biden pulled our troops out of Afghanistan, stopped a 20-year war, a war that was costing this country $320 million a fucking day. That was a good thing. Now, the thing about it is, is there was never going to be a time to pull out where it wasn't going to be messy. This is war. This is us pulling out of there and getting out of this mess, and it's going to be a mess when we did it. And in fact, when we did it, it was a mess. And of course, <clears throat> the Republicans are screaming and crying how how Joe Biden handled it improperly, even though Donald Trump wrote the script before he left. He wanted to get the troops out beforehand, but he wasn't able to do it because he wasn't able to do much of anything. So Joe Biden took uh, the reins and got it done. We should have been out of Afghanistan 20 years ago. We maybe shouldn't have been there in the first place, but George W. Bush put us there. George W. Bush did nothing to pull us out. Obama did nothing to pull us out, and neither did Trump. Somebody had to. This was a no-win situation. It was costing us tons of money, and we were risking Americans' lives. We needed to pull them out. Joe Biden did it. He made the right choice. He took the hit, but he did it. But here's the thing that troubles me, and it may or may not be anything, but it deserves a look. Apparently, the U.S. Army has an investigation on that pullout. They did an investigation. Now, this is the U.S. Army under Joe Biden, who is the commander-in-chief. And what they're saying in this investigation is that uh, America, when they got there to do this, they weren't really prepared. They weren't really looking at all the things that were going on. They did it badly. Now, no matter what he did when he pulled them out, it was going to go badly. So I don't know how much blame you can put on it. And them suggesting that they weren't prepared doesn't surprise me. It's not surprising that our government goes into something and doesn't know what they're doing. That's certainly possible. The thing that troubles me most about this, a reporter 
suggested this to Joe Biden in an interview. And he said, uh, this is what the U.S. Army's investigation is saying. What do you think? And Joe Biden said, I reject that. That's not true. And he said something that troubled me. He said, that's not what I heard. Joe, that's not what you heard? You're the fucking president. Don't tell me you heard something from a second party and that's what you based your your decisions on. That's not good. Hopefully that was just a, a mistake in what you were saying. But somebody asked him, are you going to release that investigation information? And it turns out he's not. So my question is, why not? I'm not faulting for you for anything you've done with uh, the pullout. I knew it was going to be messy, and it was. But why won't you release the investigation? Anytime somebody doesn't release an investigation, they're hiding something. And if Joe Biden did something fucked up in this pullout that we don't know about it, we should know about it. And if we're not allowed to know about it, how much different is that than what we had with Donald Trump? This is a time we need to be better. We need to be more transparent. And Joe Biden may be proud of what he did in Afghanistan. I think I'm fine with it based on what I know. But if there's an investigation done by the U.S. Army who is working for Joe Biden and they're suggesting we did some things wrong, I think we should hear about it. I have no problem calling out uh, Joe Biden if he did something wrong. He's not my Lord and Savior. It doesn't mean I hate Joe Biden, but I'm troubled by the fact that he's going to hold this investigation back. He rejects it, but he won't let us see the investigation. That, to me, is troubling. That's minuscule compared to all the things that Donald Trump did. But I want to see Joe Biden. I want to see the Democrats be completely transparent and not afraid to admit they're wrong when they're wrong and accepting the glory when they're right. So if you love Joe Biden unconditionally, you might not like my opinion on this, but it has nothing to do with whether I like Joe Biden or not. The fact of the matter is, over the years, Democrats and Republicans have lied to us, held back information from us, and that needs to change. I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. We need to know. There is so much we haven't been allowed to know to this point. And I was hoping against hope that it might be different under Joe Biden. And it is different, and it's better. There's no question about that. But on this one little stupid incident, I'm curious. It raises a red flag when you say, yeah, we're not going to let you see the investigation. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, And, of course, it doesn't compare to anything else Donald Trump did. It doesn't excuse him for anything that Donald Trump did. But if we're going to be transparent, regardless of who is in office and who is in power, it should start now. If there was a pullout that went badly and we could have done things better, we should know about it. I'm not going to hate Joe Biden if he made a mistake. That, that happens with every president. But at least be strong enough and honest enough to let us hear it. All right, uh, we're getting down toward the end here. I, um, I wanted to talk about this Ukraine thing a little bit. That's still going on. That's still a fucking mess. As I said yesterday, uh, Russia has, what, 130,000 troops down around the Ukraine border. And it's really kind of scary when you see it. 
on a map because they basically surround the Ukraine on three sides. It certainly looks like they're lining up to uh, attack the Ukraine. In fact, I've heard some people say that the attack is scheduled for February 16th, which is Wednesday, which is tomorrow. Now, you hear so much in the news, you can't believe 99% of it, so I'm not taking that uh, as serious at this point. And I honestly believe that uh, Vladimir Putin has no interest in actually invading. There's too much um, that he can lose if he does that. It'll almost destroy the economy in his country. I can't believe he's going to do it. But um, the the Americans are doing something kind of interesting. And it's kind of, I don't know if you'd call it passive-aggressive. I guess you would. They're doing something interesting, and it's called basically information warfare. So as they're setting up on the Ukraine border, you've got all kinds of conversations going on with the Russians. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Could be a false flag this. Could be that. Well, somehow Americans are tapping into all that communication. And every time they say they're going to do something, then Joe Biden, the Democrats, get it out in the media, let people know what the Russians are saying. And again, this is kind of a passive-aggressive act, but it's, it's effective. If a guy says, we're going to do a false flag on such and such, and then it's reported to the rest of the world, it kind of diminishes the value or the willingness to do a false flag operation. Now, for those of you that don't know what a false flag is, and I'd be surprised if you don't, but there may be some. Basically, what that means, Russia goes and starts something like an attack or something like that, or doing a video, as we'd heard before, that make it look like all kinds of horrific things are going on in the Ukraine to give them an excuse to go in. But now, America... Joe Biden, Democrats are putting all this information that's supposed to be secret for the for the Russians and putting it out there. So they're fucking up their plans. They're digging into their communications and they're getting exposed every bit of the way. There's no surprise anymore. Now, the Republicans keep saying that this could happen any day and some people are saying the 16th. I honestly don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I don't. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'll come on here and admit it. But if you look at the whole picture, there is really not as much to gain and so much more to lose for Vladimir Putin to invade the Ukraine. This is just a big game of chicken, as I mentioned before. And Vladimir Putin is like Donald Trump. He'll double down, triple down, quadruple down. Eventually, he'll bail because he has no choice. And I think Joe Biden understands that. So that's kind of where we're at. And uh, we'll see. We'll be watching it very closely. Because if they do attack the Ukraine, a lot of shit is going to come down. A lot of people will die in the Ukraine. And Russia, like Donald Trump, will start going through some shit. Because Joe Biden will take them down economically if he needs to. So anyway, we're at the end of the show. I want to Thank you for spending time and listening. Um, If you have questions, comments, or whatever, you can send me an email directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for the Rational Boomer podcast, and you can leave me a voicemail. 
And again, I will incorporate it into the programs. Typically, I just want to put this out there too. Typically, if you write me an email and it's newsworthy or whatever, or an opinion or something that you have that's going on today, chances are I'm going to read it on the air. Now, when I read it on the air, I will not give your last name. I will not tell anybody where you're located. I refuse to do that because I don't want to put you in a situation where you have to get heat from somebody. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. The reason I'm here is to speak for people that maybe don't feel comfortable doing that. So you're more than welcome to send whatever information you're sending. But I just want to give you this heads up. If you send me an email and you don't want me to read it on the air for whatever reason, state that in the email. Make sure I understand that. If you say to me, don't read my email, I won't. I'll take bits and pieces of it and I'll talk about it. won't even mention you wrote something in. Uh, your your points and your, your uh, information are important and I want to get it to the listeners, but I won't expose anything about you. I won't read the email in total if you don't want me to. Same thing with the voicemail. If you want to just leave a voicemail but don't want it on the air, tell me. I'll make sure you're not. We'll keep you safe. All right. I hope you have a great day. Keep watching for all the crazy shit that's coming. And uh, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.